Hello everyone and welcome to When Life Gives You Lemons, our wee podcast about tackling and coping with some of life's challenges, hosted by me, Jenny McIntyre, and founder of Let's, Michael Byrne. Hi everyone, thanks for joining us for the latest episode of When Life Gives You Lemons. I'm joined today as always by the fantastic Jenny McIntyre. Um, <laughs> how are you Jenny? Yeah, I'm good Michael, thank you. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, <laughs> it I makes me giggle every time. That's the bit that I missed out there. Uh, I'm great, thanks. I know you're laughing because I said fantastic. Yeah, amazing. I know. It gets me, it gets me. Really, <laughs> <laughs> because I know you're lying. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> not at all, not at all. How have you been? I know it's been a couple of weeks since it's just been you and I have uh, had a wee chat with the podcast. How have you been? Yeah, good, Michael. Um Obviously, we're still in kind of this bit of a transitional period, aren't we, where it's things things are happening and some things aren't happening. You're trying to keep up with what's going on and things like that. But um, work-wise, but kind of, I would say, pretty much back to normal, obviously, with the kind of social distancing measures and such like in place and whatever else. But I know we're just kind of talking off air there about the gym's opening next week, so... Yeah. Um, that's a kind of another wee bit of a step forward. So looking forward to that. Absolutely, and uh, you know, for them that's listened, they'll they'll know that both of us like to, um, you know, do a bit of weight training. I mean, I wouldn't say it's weight training what I do. I know that this. Oh, this, it so is. Kind of just try and lift some things and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be anywhere near the same bracket as yourself. But I absolutely um, looking forward to it because. The complete anomaly of this eat out to help out, uh, and, oh my. and uh, going <laughs> as frequently as I've been going over the, over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think you know. I think I might be first in queue, first in the queue for the gym to open next next Monday. You know? I, I read. I think it was yesterday. I read that. Um, kind of. I don't know if they're basing it on the number of people out, eat, uh, kind of eating out at the moment is up by a certain percent. I, I don't know if it's like three percent on. Um, last august so it's mm. obviously worked really well i mean it's an absolutely brilliant scheme i'd be good if they kept it on till like maybe christmas or something eh? absolutely <laughs> I, I mean I, I being honest probably by uh, a bit you know filled with trepidation the first time i went anywhere because um you know like like probably everyone else i hadn't been to a restaurant hadn't been to a bar hadn't been anywhere um so i was kind of reluctant in the very early of august thinking i'll just go here because it'll be really busy and you know, I'm kind of trying to, you know, keep myself fit and healthy and going into an environment where it may not be like that. Um, but I've been incredibly surprised by the measures taken by a lot of businesses uh, and I'm pleasantly surprised um, by um, some of the things, whether it's, you know, your um, QR details as soon as you go in, the mm-hmm. distancing um, and all of that. And I've I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, I think I'm going to be heartbroken. I'm going to have that dichotomy. I want to go to the gym early Monday morning and then go for my lunch on Monday afternoon because it's the last day of the... I know. <laughs> well, I, I actually went out last night um, to a place in Irvine. It's, I love going there. They don't um, tend to take bookings, so you've just got to be prepared to wait. But um, I was like £8 or something in the end. <laughs> I always say this, you know, and, and I'm a bit like you, so... Uh, on Monday there or whenever it was my wife my mother-in-law my son and I all went out and for the 40s it was like 
20 quid and that was like mains and sweets and all of that sort of stuff and I kind of I was saying to my mate last night it's like you know it's like when you go drinking or in the years when I used to go drinking you go to a social club and it was like a pound a drink you would buy that round the next round and the next round and you would spend like a millionaire so it's a bit like when you get it for dinner it's like I'll get this no I'll absolutely <laughs> yeah. it's so I can't remember the last time you ever got a meal for four people for 20 pound or, no. or whatever it is you know it's, I know <laughs> and you're helping as well and it's nice uh you know you're helping you know, as you say, if you go into a small restaurant, a small local local restaurant, it's great to be able to help local businesses. And I know you and I are, are self-employed and, and to help out other businesses as well, just by going for lunch or going for dinner, it's really worthwhile. No, definitely, especially with the hospitality industry, because I think they kind of took such a hard knock that um, it's good to support local. So Yeah. And if uh, if Rashi or Rashi, the... the um, the guy who introduced us is listening. Gonna keep it on, mate. <laughs> extend it past a Wednesday or keep it gone until November or something like that. Because yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. <laughs> and I definitely need to increase the, the amount of times I go to the gym. That's it. Well, that's the thing as well. So, um, like, me and my friend, when we go out for dinner, we take it in turns to pay. So, mm-hmm. the last time we went out, there was no eat out to help out. Mm-hmm. Last night we went out, she paid. So, next time we go out, it's my turn to pay. So, I'm going to have missed... The... Oh, you'll need to do it on Monday. <laughs> I think Monday's the last day. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe we'll try squeeze in Monday then. <laughs> but no, I think, I mean, that going out and, you know, having a bite to eat for those of us who have been fortunate enough to do it and obviously afford to do it, I know we're saying that it's cheap, but for some people that might not be the case. But, um, you know, doing that does feel like, you know, a sense of normality um, as well or, you know, those small steps to having that normal normality coming back, even though it's strange with face masks and so on, but mm-hmm. still feels like we're going in the right direction, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. My, my only slight worry would be that, like, for, for an example, um, I, I'd nipped into, like, my local spa on Sunday, I think it was, to get a pint of milk, and um, I would say there was about 10 of us in the queue, and I was the only one with a mask on. Mm. Um, now, I don't particularly like wearing a mask. No. Um but you just do it, don't you? Um, yeah. Because I just think, I, I don't think I could cope with another lockdown. <laughs> just, exactly. just do what they're telling you to do. And, and the more of us that do it, the quicker it will be over. Um, and, and things kind of will be, well, I don't know if I'll ever go back to normal, but yeah, well, um, I, I just think, are, come on, just put it on. Yeah, I was at the kind of local post office maybe last week. And um, anyway, I parked the car up and it's just like, you know, a local row of shops and the houses above them and stuff like that. We, we've all seen them. And anyway, as I was just parking the car and getting my packages together, I just noticed people coming in and out of the shops and nobody was wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. And I went into the post office, nobody was wearing a mask. And then I came out and I just sat in my car again and I thought, how come all of these people know that it's okay not to wear a mask? Because okay. I didn't get that memo. I didn't, no, did, I know. And I, and I wouldn't not wear my mask, but... Mm-hmm kind of thinking well what's probably happened there is somebody's went in and they've got away with you know nobody said look you need to wear a mask and then eh, that's just became the normal yeah you know for people going I, out shop it's like it become complacency and people forgetting and things like that really? and so it's like oh, i was in here the last time you never bothered about my mask so i don't really need it this time mm-hmm. and it's almost like once those cracks appear and it's acceptable not to have the mask that you know, and all it made me think was next time I need to post a package, I'm not going there because nobody wears a mask in that whole vicinity of those shops. Yeah. No me being judgmental, I'm just like you. I don't want to 
catch it, I don't want to spread it, and I don't want to be in quarantine, you know, an unhelpful quarantine or lockdown. So, um, but it just made me think, I wouldn't go back there. If, if that's the rules of that wee area that, you know, everyone's abiding by, then that's okay, but I don't need to abide mm-hmm. by those. I'm going to go somewhere else, you know. And I can understand that it must be difficult for the people who kind of working in the shops and things to try and enforce it, because, like, I don't know if I would want to have to do that, because you don't know what reaction you're <laughs> going to get from people days, as well. Um, so it's one of these ones that's about a catch-22, really. I know, I, I was out for lunch a couple of days ago, whatever, and anyway, I was in the city centre, Glasgow city centre, and I went into a shop, and it was teeming down, and I had a brolly, because it was just so wet, and I got into this kind of front entrance of the store, just try to put, you know, close the brolly, brolly and the security guy said to me, uh, you need to wear a mask, and I'm like, Mate, I've got it in my pocket. I just need to get, yeah. <laughs> I just need to get the brolly. It's like, I only have two hands. You know? uh, yeah, uh, and, give me a minute. They, <laughs> two seconds later, these two girls walked past me, walked into the store, no mask, and they said, uh, you need to have a mask on. And they went, we're exempt. And they just kept walking. Oh. And you know the way I kind of felt, mate, I'm trying to tear to the rules here. I'm just fumbling, <laughs> fumbling with an umbrella. <laughs> it's getting the better of me. And, and yet two people have just walked in and you've asked them the same question. And they've just said, I'm exempt for no, you know, for what looked like no good reason or whatever. And nothing happened. <laughs> you know, yeah. that way you think, I'm going to comply, but just give me a few seconds. Yeah, I know. But I it's know. an unenviable task that I certainly, like you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I could do that task very well, you know. No, no. Um, but, so are you totally buzzing to get back into the gym then? I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I. It was strange because the week before lockdown, the the uh, the gym I was going to um, had already put measures in place. You know, in terms of like every second running machine wasn't working because of social distancing. They had really increased the cleanliness and um, you know the um, hand sanitising things. All of those steps were already in place, so I already felt kind of safe before lockdown going there. And mm-hmm. I know it sounds you know, I'm not preaching anyway, but generally people who go to the gym generally want to look after themselves and want to adhere to some kind of cleanliness standard, you know, and yeah. certainly when I, I use my towel to wipe down any, before all this started, I would always use my towel to wipe down any machinery or whatever that I may have used. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And certainly at the weekend there, uh, when I was in the shops, uh, I bought like, you know, um, hand you know cleaning wipes and all of that sort of stuff so that i can take them with me i know they'll have all those precautions in place but so that you know i can at least clean the things that i'm using you know with my own wipes if, if they're on out and all of that sort of stuff but i'm looking forward to it um but i think again it's just that progressive step to um whatever normal is but maybe even just getting something back that you used to do yeah i'll be interesting to see how they work it in terms of like I don't think they'll be able to take full capacity or or whatever or what you've got to do when you go in. And I'm I'm hoping to God you don't have to wear a mask when you're like on a treadmill and things like that because no, I, I struggle to breathe enough. But, from, um, from the gym that says, look, in in the um in the sort of communal areas, you know, like corridors or you know, like the kind of area to go into the gym, um, could you wear a mask? But when you're actually exercising, you don't need to wear a mask. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, and maybe. Uh, to say communal areas if you're walking into whatever it is the area um, could you wear a mask but actually when you're training you don't need to but yeah. just you know and I think I think one of the things they might have said was don't bring a sweat towel we'll provide you with um, disposable um, ones so again I'm not really sure I think it's one of those things that you read it in paper and don't really understand what it means until you get there um, but I'm as I said I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to going and 
I'm kind of probably you know the same as yourself. Um, glad that I kept it going to some degree um, during lockdown, you know, um, or some kind of level of fitness, or just for my own mental health and physical health. Just mm-hmm. pursued it by you know being able to go in the garage, and I know you did a lot of incredible amount of activities, far more than me. Yeah, well, and that's what I was kind of saying to you before we started recording. There was that that I've kind of lost the motive well particularly with the weightlifting I would say just now I've kind of lost the motivation because it's so difficult to get a routine when the weather's yeah. so erratic um so I kind of said to myself a few weeks ago I'm just going to not do any weightlifting until I get back to the gym and just kind of find find the motivation and the drive for it again um so I've just been doing other wee things like like about hill walking and running and cycling and kind of circuit training and stuff like that. But in, in terms of weightlifting, it's it's on hold at the moment. But I don't I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing because nope. because I was training so so much, it became then I was just kind of doing it for the sake of it rather than the love of it. Yeah. Um, and that's when you start hurting yourself and and you're maybe not kind of finding those endorphins, which is half the reason of training anyway in the first place. But what I would say is um, I have a sports massage booked in for next Wednesday, so I am by far more looking forward to that <laughs> than the gym opening, if I'm honest, because the body is just a mess, I think. So I, I cannot wait. <laughs> well, well done doing those other things, you know, hill walking and all that. Yeah, well, I think it's important. Outdoor activities, you know. It's, it's important to keep active. And yeah. if you're not enjoying something, it's not about then just doing nothing. It's about finding something that makes you feel good. So, and especially the outdoor stuff, um, it's like the exercise and the fresh air is just a double whammy, really. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's just about adapting because there's no point just stopping because that's when kind of mood levels start to go down and things like that. So, um, I think it's nice to have, a, you know, if the gym's opening up as your thing, as Emily's thing, or even if it's just fitness classes or, or whatever it is, at least it gives you something to think, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that, yeah, you know, yeah. first month or gymnast or, or whatever it may be just something mm-hmm. um to balance out you know the other needs in your life and then i think that certainly for me i've i've found it useful it's given me a routine and i think i've said this before that it really helps me regulate what i would have for my lunch what i would have for my dinner um and that's good for me you know i like that um you know trying to eat healthy and and but equally you know give myself a bar of chocolate because i like chocolate oh, and thickness it's like i'm doing one to kind of offset the other slightly but it's that balance, you know, you can't be a prisoner to um, things all the time. You have to do what you, you know, you're going to get the most from. And as you've said there, whether it's endorphins, joy, happiness, all of these emotions are really important. So if, if it feels like, you know, you're having to go and do something, you don't approach it in the right way. And as you said, you tend to hurt yourself and not commit to it fully. So what's the point then? Yeah, no, definitely. I kind of trained for long enough that I know and understand when my head and my body's not in it. So that's the point I just go do you know what I'm just going to take a few weeks off here um and just do something else and um it took me a while to kind of understand that but but I know um when I'm at that stage so so yeah I just thought I'm just going to not do anything until the gym opens so our gym actually opens back up on the 7th um so that old thing you've got to listen to your body you know you've got to listen to your body and you've got to listen to your mind um and you know one might help the other, but you know you 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 know you kind of really go and and put your best into something without both of them. You know, good health and good mental health. You know, and if you can get both, great. But if you're struggling with one or the other, 
it's maybe not the best thing to do, you know, and go and lift weights and all of that. It can certainly help, but I think sometimes it can be an even a bigger danger to yourself where, you know, I've done it sometimes and I'm not anywhere near in the same category as you where, you know, you have a thought halfway through a squat and it's almost like debilitating you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. can't lift anymore and you think oh, that was just a thought and mm-hmm. it's the feeling mm-hmm. of a thought more than anything else it's know? that feeling that I get if I'm sit- sitting in at the bar and I'm just away to do a snatch and then you you kind of you look forward and you sit in your back's tight and see just as you go to lift it mm-hmm. your brain goes you're going to miss that and yeah. then you do and you you're do. like it was that one stupid thought but it's your brain <laughs> and, and you know somebody should write a book called Don't Believe Your Brain or they did uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just, a, but it isn't it the incredible power of thought? Yeah. Um, oh and, no, absolutely. And, and I've how... noticed that sometimes where I'm, you know, like I was lifting some stuff this morning, but as I was, you know, and I'm and and, and I'm terrible for counting my reps, so I'll always think, did I do four? Did I do five? What did I do? I can't remember. I'll just do another one to count, you know, to make. Oh yeah, cheap. no, absolutely. Um, the ruling. My mind want my mind. If I, you know, I try really hard to stay focused on the lift and all of that, you know, and do what I'm doing. But sometimes you get a thought or a song comes on in my headphones and I'm thinking of that and then I'm thinking, I've not paid attention. What was that? And that's the dangerous yeah. part for me, you know. Think, well, Michael, the, the rule in our gym is if you lose count, you start again. You start counting again. So remember that for next time. Look at that. <laughs> I'm not losing count next time. <laughs> Basically, One... when I'm trying to do reps, uh, reps of 10 or something like that, I just no, definitely don't want I to know. miss count. <laughs> but isn't it funny as well that... I mean, sitting and doing that snatch, for example, and that, that split-second thought, isn't it funny how that can overpower all the other positive thinking you've maybe done during that training session? Um, that's how powerful, like, kind of negative thinking can be if you let it be. Absolutely. What I what I absolutely notice is that that negative thought, and with it comes that, um, like, almost like a punch in the chest or something like that. Yeah, there's a physical reaction to the negative thought, and it could just be that, your heart skips a beat or whatever, and you actually feel that some course through your veins, and it can be really debilitating mm-hmm. for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it just shows you the power of a thought and how it can actually how the thought can have a physical effect on your body because sometimes it's not just a thought; it's what comes after it. Yeah. With that physical reaction, then comes eventually comes the panic of, oh, I need to get rid of this. I need to get this feeling out of me, and it's making me feel this way. So I need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. What you need to really learn to do is just to sit with it and let it pass. It might take a couple of minutes, but I notice that when I'm, you know, doing um, doing training, like if that thought comes in and you feel it in your chest and you're trying to hold your breath and you're trying to lift something, mm-hmm. like, oh, need to stop. <laughs> you know? I know. I know. It's. It's crazy, and it's just learning to tell. Well, doesn't it? You know, you, we let sometimes negative thoughts just debilitate us from doing things, and you know the whole law. Can I do this because actually it's far easier if you turn it around and go, I can do this because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or question it, like why can't I do it? Try yeah, give yourself a valid reason. And quite I, often you'll not be able to. Definitely, because it's an illogical thought that's just you've. It's an irrational and illogical thought that you've just it's popped into your head saying you can't do it. Mm-hmm. But you can just equally have the same thought by turning around saying I can do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got probably like you know a lot of other people. Uh, I've got like wee motivational one liners stuck on my because I've worked in garage stuck on my garage wall, and it'll be like you know uh, if you're going through hell, keep going. Um, you know, whether you can or you can't, either way you're right or mm-hmm. something like that. If you give up now, you always regret. Something along those lines. And you just look at them and think, oh, right, that's what I'm reading in my head. That's what I'm concentrating yeah. on. So 
you know, the visual um, things as well. It's just the mental thoughts. You know, it's actually something visual in front of you that you can read and go, you know, I will do this, not I can, I will, stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, no, definitely. And the more you see, like, the kind of positive words and whatever else, the more your brain will believe it, which is what you want, really. Uh, definitely. But, no, it's, um, it's, it's good to catch up. And, I mean, I think a lot of things have changed since we've had the Blair. The schools have returned now, and I think there's been some outbreaks um, and scares with that. I know that... Certainly, my local area. I don't know if there's. I don't think there's been a, a COVID outbreak, but I think there was a report recently that said in one of the school days recently, fifty-nine students um, weren't at classes um, just because there was a cold going around and similar symptoms to obviously COVID and everyone's mm-hmm. calling off um, and so on. So I think you know it's that heightened fear just now of um, you know the kids returning back to school. What um, what may happen there and so on. And I know that there's outbreaks in different parts of Scotland just now but I think it's perhaps just part and parcel of everyone reuniting and, and being I think together so. yeah I think a kind of a bit of a second wave or, or a, a second peak or whatever you would call it it's it was always inevitable when you started kind of reintroducing things like schools going back pubs opening gyms opening because essentially until there's a vaccination there's no real way to get to get rid of it and have like the kind of world working in any kind of normal way so it was inevitable it's just I suppose you know let's try and control this as best we can and I think you know the positive for me is despite all of these regional outbreaks or whatever whatever they are and um, that there really haven't been that many um, deaths or anything like that you know no no that's it minimized so even now despite the outbreaks, people are still, I mean, I know it sounds absurd to see people are still taking reasonable precautions, but I think they are because there's no, there doesn't seem to be the spike in numbers followed by the spike in fatalities, you know. Sorry, Michael, you cut out there a wee bit. Oh, Can you hear me? I was just saying that I think that um, despite the, the spike in numbers, uh, um, that hasn't, that hasn't seemed to have been followed by a spike in fatalities. Which no, really no, yeah, definitely. Know? Um, so, and I, I don't really know what the reasoning for that is. Uh, it could be just, I, th- I think what it may be, and again, I'm not in any way, I don't have any incidents, maybe it's just earlier testing. And people maybe, yeah. know, with, with earlier signs, rec- recognising that actually what, you know, they may have, and then dealing with it at a really early basis and not, you know, thinking oh, I've got a bit of a sniffle, but you still go about your regular business for the next four or five days and then you gradually get worse, but you've been in contact with, X amount of people, I think. And again, this is just a thought. I, I have no anecdotal evidence to say it's the way, but I think now that if people begin to feel those symptoms, it's, right, I better get a test or I better isolate, and it stops the really the spread. Um, but I don't know, as I said, that that's just a thought. I don't I have no evidence to suggest that. It's just a rationing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, I've never really thought about it like that before, to be honest. But, um, no, and and... I know we were also kind of talking about it before the bit and all the kind of different regions are kind of you maybe like Aberdeen was locked down and I don't know but I get a feeling Dundee might be at some point soon as well and things like that and you're just kind of hoping and praying that it's not your region (laughs) (laughs) it's like please not here but um I I don't really I mean to be honest I've probably really reduced the amount of time that I've spent watching the news and really reading up on it and stuff like that. Just 
I think there comes a saturation point where you just think, look, you know, I just need to go in the moonlight. Yeah, yeah. And so what happens in Aberdeen is a shame, but I really don't know too much about it. And you think, my goodness, how would that work in Glasgow? There's 600,000 people stay in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. How would you How would you enforce something like that? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure, but again, I think it's just, for me, it's about people's behaviour. I think most people would want to tear, but I think most of us have a natural tolerance level that thinks, I can't do this anymore, or I need to do something else. And yeah. I think that's the difficult part, that if there's local lockdowns, I think it could be difficult because you see then that not everyone's in it together. It's like, you know, when Scotland was still in lockdown and England wasn't, mm-hmm. that was because, you know, you could see things down south that were happening that people could go to a bar or whatever, or a restaurant or whatever, but you couldn't do that here. And then, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying your mind starts to think, but that's no fair, and, you know, it's a, it's a natural impulse to have then, you know. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, and I suppose uh, one of my favourite kind of phrases um, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So if it happens, you've got no other choice but just to get on with it, really, um, and Absolutely. and just follow the rules, really. Is that we, we at least know about it. Yeah. We, we, least, we at least know about it. We, you know, for months now, you know, my my four-year-old, Santa, as he calls it, sanitizes. Um, <laughs> he's constantly, you know, and he comes home from nursery, Hanatai, I don't even need to ask him now, he'll go and wash his hands and all of this sort of stuff uh, in the house, and he's he he has thoroughly got the message that he needs to do that, and he'll say to me, Dad, you're at the shops, you need to wash your hands and all these sort of things. <laughs> he gets it, and I think that we all know now what we need to do. Um, yeah. That helps prevent the spread, or if we minimise it in some way, then that, that's all contributing to it. I think Absolutely. that you know, potentially with a lighter, sort of the darker nights coming in and um, maybe more of the flu season coming, then it could be a bit more difficult for people because if, if local lockdowns are enforced and you've got dark days and dark nights, um, I think that could be difficult for a lot of people to deal with, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I uh, Just when you were saying about the, um, the hand sanitizer there. I... You're going to call it sanitizer now, no. aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I told you before, but I recently got this just a wee kind of it's like a wee handbook and it's um forty forty of the best Ayrshire coastal and country walks or something it is. So I've been going out and it's, it's something to do. I'm like, I'll try to tick off all the walks maybe before Christmas time or something like that. And um there's one and it's um, the river, it's the river airway or something it's called. So it's source to sea, um, and it's broken down in three parts. So the other week, a couple of weeks ago, my friend and I were doing the final. Well, it was actually part one, but we did it backwards. So the final part for us, and it was Glenbuck to Sorn. So it was quite a long way. I think we walked about nineteen miles in the end. Wow! Um, and it was a glorious sunshine, and the views were just like incredible, and we were swimming in the river and whatever else. It was such oh, a good beautiful. day. But well when, we, when we got to Sorn, um, I was like, right, okay, let's go in for a shandy. So we sat in the beer garden or whatever, but you had to go in to, to order. So I said, all right, I'll go in and order. Um, and when you get there, there's the, the hand sanitizer station and whatever. So I went, go and give it a few pumps on the thing. And I start like kind of rubbing my hands together. And I realise 
it's not hand sanitizer they put in it. It just put soap. So it was just my hands were just all foam. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd squirted so much, and I'm trying to rub my hands together, and I'm like, yeah. this is just for a tissue or something to get it all off. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I need to go wash my hands now. But they must have just ran out of hand sanitizer or something like that, and thought, oh, okay, that'll do. We'll just fill it with some soapy suds. Um, oh, so <laughs> really strange. I mean, I think it's I think some of some of the places I've been, as I said, uh, maybe a while ago that. They've got it really well organised and stuff like that, but when the first time you go anywhere or to go into a place, you're you you feel lost because you don't really know what the rules are within that place. Mm-hmm. You know where do you stand? Where do you go? You look for all this signage, um, and it's just you know. And I kind of always say, just going to just tell me what the rules are. Going to yeah. tell me what you need yeah. to do because I, I don't know what I'm going to do here. But if you tell me I need to stand there, stand here, um, I'll do it. Um, you know, or if there's a one way system, just tell me because. You know, I don't want to be mistaken for not complying. Because yeah. if I'm not doing what I'm meant to do, it's because I haven't seen it, I haven't clocked it, I haven't done anything. I want to comply. You know, just tell me what it is you need me to do. So yeah, but yeah, it's kind of like you know, you get those soapy hands and you think, yeah. I was just, I was a bit taken aback. You just assume that it's hand sanitized, and I'm like, oh no, this is actually soap. <laughs> I know. It's uh, kind of we were out for a bit tea last week and. Uh, and this bar had it was brilliant, um, you know, hand sanitizer everywhere. Uh, and you're sitting trying to eat your dinner, and and we guys like, Dad, I'm just going to go and sanitize my hands. It's like, well, okay, you can sit here just now. It's okay. You've only done it five minutes ago. I know. You see him running over, and the people sitting nearby the sanitizing machine are just laughing away. You know, like, oh well, you'd rather have them do it too much than not enough. Yeah, you know? I know. There's a medical reason you can't do it too much, but. For a four-year-old, it's like, right, okay, let's do this then, you know. I know, I know, but I must say, my hands have never been so dry, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put it on, I've got a wee one in my car, so first time I've done it in my car, because obviously it's 70% alcohol or whatever it is, you know, it's pretty high content. Mm-hmm. I put it on my hands, washed them, and I put my hands on the steering wheel on the gear stick, and I felt like the material was all coming off the gear stick, you know. <laughs> And the, and the, you know what I'm thinking? But actually, it's just drying in my hand and it's just flaking on the, the gear stick. I'm thinking, oh my God, if it's doing that to the gear stick, what's it doing in my hand? Not that I'm that fucked around my hands. Are, but... Yeah, it's really going to count this virus. Aye, absolutely. I'm looking at my hands going, my goodness, what's all that stuff coming on? It's layers of your skin. Layers of your skin sitting on the steering wheel. You're thinking, this, this stuff might work, you know? I know, um, I know. But it's the new normal, isn't it? I know everyone kind of uses that expression, but it's just how you adapt to it. And if we'd said six months ago that, Here's what it's going to be. People would never have um, thought it was going to be like this, but I think, as you said before, it is what it is, and I think, I think the majority of all just embrace what it is. Mm-hmm. And I know that there'll be people listening who are now foreseeing that they're going to be working from home on a far longer basis than they would like. But it's just about adapting to that, and things will be different. Um, and I think it's just about where we go in this next season, autumn into winter, um, because I think that will be quite a, a change in people's lifestyle because yeah. it'll start dark. I mean, I think I've noticed that certainly in Glasgow, dark the back of eight. Um, I know, I know. Yeah, so, and, and you know yourself, that will start to draw forward and uh, I think that could be a bit tricky if you're working from home because you're used to being somewhere else coming home and it's dark and uh, things like that. But uh, as you say, that's what it is, you know. Well, yeah, it is, but I do think there will be, we will kind of see a change um, when the season changes. And I know we've said it countless times that times that, how lucky we were that if there was to ever be a lockdown that it, it was when it was and the weather that we got when we did and um, the light nights and everything because I think 
mental health wise things would have been a lot worse had it been kind of November time so yeah. um yeah I do think there might be a bit of a change but having said that if we're taking these progressive steps forward hopefully things might be slightly more normal by then and, and kind of maybe a bit more I don't tolerable is not the right word but easier easier for people to kind of adapt to and and by then yeah I don't know it'll be interesting to see Definitely, and I think we've said before, it only takes, is it something like 14 to 21 days, something like that, for something to become a habit or to become, you know, uh, an expected pattern of behaviour. Yeah. So we're all in that when we are, one way or another. If that's working through lockdown or not working through lockdown or going into a work through lockdown. See, when I was in the Glasgow City Centre a couple of days ago, it, it's like a ghost town. Um, so people obviously aren't, um, you know, it doesn't feel like people are going to work in the city centre, um, but who knows, you know, and and, I, and I'm sure there'll be plenty of business taking the opportunity to perhaps not have, um, you know, office premises or whatever and looking mm-hmm. for alternatives. Um, and I think it's just about, you know, you know that will work for both employees and employers, you know. No, definitely. I mean, well, a couple of weeks ago, I'd gone to um, Brayhead Shopping Centre and it, mm-hmm. it was like a Monday night. But I mean, usually any time you go, Head Shopping Centre, it's mobbed, isn't it? Same with Silver Burn and things. And yeah. it was actually, it was really eerie when I went. I, I mean, I just gone into like the usual pre-mart, new look, whatever. And I thought, yeah. oh, get something to eat. Mm-hmm. Nothing open. Um, the lights were kind of half off. It was as if I was in there in the middle of the night. Do you know, mm-hmm. it was dead. It was a wee bit sad, actually, to be honest. But it was dead eerie. Um, I didn't particularly like it. Yeah. So, and you can understand why, I mean, it's, I can, you know, it's been drilled into everyone, you know, stay safe and all of these, um, uh, you know, kind of catchphrases. And then it's almost like, it's okay, on you go then. Mm-hmm. Normal for people to be reticent and think, actually, I, I see what I was doing. I don't really want to go to Brayhead where there's 500 people. I don't know the capacity of Brayhead, but, you know, all going down, you know, um, the same aisle because, you know, you can only walk on the left. So everyone's going down. Do you really want to do that, or is it easier for me just to jump online? Yeah, I think I'll just jump online, yeah. you know. And, uh-huh. and you know, I'm not a big fan of going to any shop, <laughs> any shop center. No, me either. Anyway, but I would always do it because you know, you kind of need to drive there and do these sort of things. But, um, but yeah, I would always naturally, normally, when I was going, would always try and go first thing in the morning just to probably get the effect that you have. So that probably would suit me really well. But you can understand why people aren't doing it. And I think I've seen something with Boris Johnston. You know, whatever you think of Boris Johnston, but I think in certainly down south and in London, they're finding it really difficult to get the message back to people to go and work in the city centre because it's having an adverse effect on city centre businesses that rely on office staff. Um, you know, like uh, restaurants and lunch, you know, yeah. shops and all yeah. that stuff. Um, and you know, he's saying it's perfectly safe to come and work in, a, you know, return to work in the city centre. But it's really difficult as a human being to understand that because for three or four months you've heard about daily death tolls, all of these sort of things, and then almost like, but it's okay to come back to work now, can you come back? And you can understand that reticence of people to to do that, you know? No, absolutely, uh, and I, um, I've got a friend who works for, I'm sure, I'm sure I want to say it's Scottish Power, um, up in Glasgow City Centre, and I'd, I kind of asked her the other day about when she thought she might get back to work and things, and I didn't quite realise that in the building that she's in, there's 1,800 people work there, so... You can see it from two points of view. So that's 1,800 people who are perhaps then not, and that's just one company, perhaps then not buying 
a coffee every day, a sandwich every day, or sure. whatever else. But it's also 1,800 people that you would have to try and get back into work safely. And how on earth do you do that? I have no idea. So, again, it's one of these catch-22 things. It's like you need the people there so that they can be spending the money to keep the, the economy going and things like that. But to just place 1,800 people back in an office, it's near impossible. Yeah, I, I had to go and visit a city centre business um, last week, a week before last, actually. And again, the first time you walk, you know, it's a multi-story business or whatever, and the first time you walk in, you're looking for the signs about where you might go, and I knew that they were on the 10th floor. And uh, so I went to the lifts, one person allowed in the lift at a time. Oh, wow. And, you know, this is, you know, I think the, I was going to the 10th floor, so I think that was the top floor. So I have no idea how many people were on each floor, but even say there's 20 people on each floor, there'd be far more than that. But how do you manage to get one person? Yeah, in the lift I know. Any time, and I think they maybe had like half a dozen lifts or whatever. But you think that the maximum MD can go at any time is six people. Uh-huh. So how do you introduce? You know, you'd need to introduce flexible times of starting so that you don't yeah. have nine o'clock start, yeah. and potentially a hundred people all try to get in six lifts, and then they're gathering because you have to queue for one person. There's those sort of things that you think I don't know how that would work, you know, and I haven't thought about it that much, but. If only one person's allowed in the lift to socially distance, it kind of eradicates that you can use the lifts. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't have that problem in my own business. But certainly going to visit them uh, that day, I was kind of thinking, how would this work if if everyone did return to work? Um, because rules would need to change then, you know. But, a good but yeah, that's all. Um, that's for our future episodes. You know? <laughs> well, it'd be fine for you anyway, Michael. After all that lockdown training, you could just jump up those stairs, ten floors up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the if I knew where the staircase was, was I might well have done, but uh, <laughs> I need a big sign tell me where the staircase <laughs> is. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a new world, but, you know, as I said, I think we've said a lot during this that I think there's a lot of positives from it. A lot of negatives I get that people have lost a lot of friends and family, and I know that's happened in my family but um, during this time, but hopefully there's a lot of positives um, that come out of this, you know, and uh, we can appreciate um, life for, for actually what it is yeah. sometimes and not what we want it to be or what we think it is and so on Pandem- this pandemic's had a, an incredible effect on uh, lives of a lot of people to say actually maybe I don't need that in my life I'm okay with this in my life you know yeah and you know I, I, I completely agree unfortunately there's like the really sad and a negative side to it but a lot of kind of positive things have come from it as well and even from my own kind of point of view, I so enjoyed not not having stuff on every single weekend. And then mm-hmm. when life was kind of starting to go back to normal and I was like, oh my God, I've got this on, this on, this on, this on, this on. And it's made me realise like to kind of take more time for myself and just yeah. kind of say no, you know, be not be more selective about who you say yes to or anything, but, mm-hmm. but take the time and, and maybe sometimes just just don't go and just you know, chill or whatever else. So so that's definitely something I'll be taking away from it, um, which I think is a positive. Well, this weekend, I'll, I'll give you a laugh about what we're doing. So um, just probably on a finishing note, and it's and I've never done this before, but so um, I'm part of a mental health, men's mental health group, um, and they hold the group meetings on a Saturday afternoon. So sometimes I can make it, sometimes I can't, because life is life, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, bunch of guys i'd highly recommend that anybody who's listening to this 
contact me and I can give you details. It's a Glasgow Men's Mental Health Group. Anyway, and there's a women's group starting up soon, so nothing sexist in anything. <laughs> but anyway, we had a chat a couple of weeks ago. Um, the first meeting we'd actually had in person, just a couple of weeks ago, and it was a scorching Saturday. And anyway, we've got these new premises who are actually giving, giving, the, hot, giving the premises for free so that we could have meetings and stuff like that. So anyway, we have arranged to go this Saturday to play a round of football golf. Oh, cool. Now, I've never played football golf. I'm not even that interested in playing golf golf, but I'm quite up for playing football golf. So, But it's that way I was going to say, well, what's the rules? What do you do? What do you wear? I don't know. A hundred questions before I can commit to go and do it. So in that natural way of apprehensiveness that we all sometimes have, or I don't really fancy it, something new, I'll be up my day, you know, and I'm like, Oh, I'm going for this. I'm going to see what this is like and stuff like that. So there's a crowd is eight or nine or something like that going on Saturday lunchtime for a round of football golf in Cumbernauld somewhere. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. That's oh, uh, well, you need to know how you get on. I absolutely, and that's a completely new thing as a result of all of this uh, lockdown and stuff like that. You know where you think actually I want to go have a wee laugh with the guys. I'm sure it will be socially distanced. I'm sure the golf club will, or football. Football, golf club, whatever it is, will have everything in place. But I'm really looking forward to it, and it's something new. And as we've said, what you were just saying there about, you know, actually selecting the things that are going to make me happy mm-hmm. or, or do it. It would have been really easy just to say, oh, no, I don't fancy it because actually turn it on its head and go, do you know what? I will do it yeah. just because it sounds like a bit of fun. And it sounds like I'll take a break off from other things and let's just go and have fun with it, you know. So I'll let you know how it goes. Yes, do. And actually, um, next week, I'm super excited about because it's well I don't know if we we're going to tell or not but it's our I'm just going to tell anyway it's our first international podcast. Yes, we are. Well, you're going to keep that a secret. I'm sorry if I've ruined it. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to it. our first international podcast uh, and a chap from New York City. Um, so we're really excited about that, and um, all, all will be revealed next week. Awesome. Yes. Well, um, thank you, Michael, for your time, as always. It's lovely chatting with you. Um, Thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. And hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Yep.